the logic to emotion. Again, the logic to emotion. If you know me, you'll know that I say this quite a bit, that there is, in fact, a logic to emotion. And the reason why I'm recording this podcast is because I feel like a lot of people take life way too personally. And a lot of people take relationship problems way too personally. Because the truth is, if there is a logic to emotion, then nothing is really that personal. The truth is, if there is a logic to emotion, then maybe people are just following that logic. And this was inspired by a whole bunch of people that I've been talking to recently. And if you're one of them, hello. But if you're not one of them, this is also useful. Because what I find is that a lot of people, especially when it comes to a lack of experience, this is why I say understanding is very important, but we tend to take things way too personally. For example, if a guy doesn't necessarily like you, or if he's moving away from you, or if you're a guy listening to this, if a girl doesn't like you, then you think it is some reflection of something about your character as a person. That maybe it means something about you. But also, I have seen some people, for example, uh, that they're in a relationship and that person's Oh, it's not really going that well, or maybe they've like ruined it to the ground. And basically, I've just seen so many examples of people, and I like to use the word emotional flagellates. You know, like I guess in the Renaissance times, I might be wrong with that time. Uh, very biblical. I've got that image of a person being, I'm such a terrible person, and they've got this whip and they flagellate themselves. Uh, I might be wrong about the time period where that's from. But that idea of emotional flagellation is what we tend to do to ourselves. Because when we think we've done something wrong, then uh, we tend to think, you know, we tend to beat ourselves up emotionally. But what about if we never did anything wrong? What if the notion of right or wrong was completely irrelevant? How good would... I guess life be. And honestly, if you look at it, if you look and take a second now to wherever you're sitting or if you're driving or if you're standing in a, in a train, a peak hour train listening to this, take a second to just feel the surroundings around you in this present moment. If you were to expand your awareness to maybe feel the people around you, maybe feel the chair underneath your seat, or the feet and the floor. That is what exists. That is literally what exists. And if we label it as right or wrong, then that's on you. If you say that I have destroyed my relationship and I've run it to the ground and therefore I there is something wrong with me or I've done something wrong, then that's on you. And I mean that in the nicest, most respectable way because... There is a logic to emotion. I've often said this, and if you're a follower of my stuff, then you'll know and you'll have heard this before. But the universal law of relationships is that we get into relationships because of how they make us feel. So how do you want to feel in a relationship? You want to feel loved. 
You want to feel cared for, cared for. You want to feel like you're independent, and yet you've got someone there who looks after you, who's got your back. Basically, we want to feel good in a relationship, and there is nothing more to it than that. And if you were to expand it, the logic to emotion, the reason why we have emotions is because it gives us some sense of direction to the world. You know, that's good, that's bad. You know, it's kind of like we learn to touch the fire. We say, fire is hot, don't touch fire. But with emotions, you know, it kind of is almost like a soup because we can have feelings of resentment and regret and happiness all in one and we just, we get confused and overwhelmed by it all. But there is a logic to emotion and that logic is that if people act out of emotion... They're often acting because whatever they think they are doing, they think will make them feel good. Or they think will make themselves grow or be happy in some way. And if you look at it, this applies to everything. Because if we were to look, for example, why do people, why do we take drugs in the first place? You know, I see some people, they often take mind-altering drugs and I've had people invite me to take it in the past and you know I'm not going to reveal my opinion on this through this podcast but what I find is is at the time they think it's good for them they think that there is some happiness to be found that it feels good that they can emotionally justify it and with that emotion and they logically justify it they say I'm still young or it's it's good for the soul and then they get to a point where they've had way too much and when they've had way too much, then they're like, oh, no, 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 it's way too much. You know, I was burnt because they've learnt they touched the fire and it was way too much for them at the time. And, you know, drugs aren't bad. What we want to do is meditate. And then people go down the meditation path and they say meditation is good because it feels really good. And they do various meditation types. And depending on what your goals are, there are various things out there. And I've often met people who maybe do the wrong style. It doesn't really suit them or their needs, for example. And they're like, oh no, this meditation style is, this meditation style isn't good because you know it doesn't really help me connect with the world. And we have this underlying need to feel good. Whatever we do, if it makes us feel bad, we move away from it. If it makes us feel good, we move towards it. Tony Robbins often talks about this, but if we were to simplify it even further, it is just that people just want to feel good, that they are looking for some salvation in whatever they're doing. Which means, if we apply this to relationships, this means that if he's moving away from you, that means they're starting to build some emotional resistance. And if there's some emotional resistance, it's because maybe he feels like being with you is going to cause him some pain. And being with you doesn't necessarily make him happy. Now, he might not be right about this, but emotionally he feels that way. So therefore, it is your job and your responsibility to help him understand that you're not out to get him. That you're not a big, bad, scary monster. You know, one of the number one fears that guys have when it comes to dating and relationships is honestly that they are afraid that they are going to break a girl's heart. And so he's afraid sometimes. Or some guys are. I'm not saying he is, if, if you're thinking about a guy specifically. But some guys are afraid of that. And so 
They feel like emotionally they can't necessarily handle it or emotionally they can't necessarily do that. And if they feel like they're going to hurt you, then they want to move away because then they feel that, oh no, that's not going to make them happy because then they're going to upset you, then they're going to be upset and then their world is going to be upset and woe is me. So they almost stop it before it happens. Do you understand? There's this logic that comes through. Now, let's look at another example. Another example might be that... Uh, ooh, another example might be that you, you're potentially interested in a guy and he's potentially interested in you and things are moving quite fast. And maybe one thing leads to another and you guys uh, get do the, the, the dirty pants dance and, uh, and then things go really well after that. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Just what we perceive to be natural, that it just was spontaneous and it is natural. Oh, there's no logic there. It's spontaneous and natural. The truth is there is the logic there. And the truth is that it felt, it felt bloody good. It felt really good that he was with you. He had an amazing time and he wants to spend more time with you. Why? Because you made him happy. And that's pretty much. He sought, sought maybe salvation or he sought some happiness in you. And so he wanted to move forward with that. Now, then... Then things go down the path and, you know, we sometimes people get into relationships where they fulfill a role with each other. They say, I will make you happy as long as you make me happy. And then they no longer make each other happy, so they freak out. And then they try and make it together and they weren't necessarily really good values in the first place. But, you know, things then tend to evolve. And unless you guys can consistently make, like, bring each other into alignment and realize that you're not a big, bad, scary monster, this is where a lot of people end relationships. And I, I blame television. Like, and I don't mean, like, this big eye-in-the-sky television. But I grew up in Australia watching a program called Neighbours. Now, Neighbours came on, I think, every 6 p.m. Every day, 6 p.m. on Channel 10, and I used to watch it with my mum, right? And in this show... It was a drama, it was a serial drama where people used to, you know, they all lived on the same street together, they all went to the same school, and they were all neighbours, and they all had fun, right? But what happens in these shows? If people have an argument, it's, they tend to break up. And if people have an argument, it tends to be this really painful, terrible experience. So, because of that, we get conditioned, very much like if you were to go to a gym and you lift a weight, you condition a muscle. The things we see, the things we perceive, the things we look at, the things we think, condition us into believing and feeling certain things. So we watch these shows and we watch these movies and television and we hear these stories. We watch our parents fight. We watch everyone else fight. And we see it that it causes so much pain that we don't want to fight. And I know that sometimes fighting can cause pain but it's the meaning that you give it. If you believe that fighting means that it's the end of the world and it's gonna cause pain, and how can you possibly handle it? I don't wanna go down there because I don't wanna confront him. It's so painful. Then you're gonna have a bad time. But if you're like me, and if I was to coach you, I would, you would believe this too. Hell half you like me coaching you, I believe you that. Um, or I believe that. Uh, you would believe that an argument isn't necessarily a bad thing. That an argument is just a very passionate way that two people are trying to get into alignment. And sometimes not having arguments is bad. Because you know, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. It really doesn't. 
if I have an argument with someone that I really genuinely care about, it doesn't, it's, that's just, it doesn't escalate. I'll tell you that. It doesn't escalate because um, I know how to immediately stop it and I understand where the other person is at. That the other person just wants to feel heard and why feeling? Why do they want to feel heard? Because feeling heard makes them feel good. And if they don't feel heard, what do they do? They speak louder. So, or in my Australian accent, louder. Or if you're somewhere in America, you're like, louder. Uh, so in that sense, what happens is, is that we just want to speak louder because we don't feel heard. That we, we think that that's the only way to do it, right? So as a consequence, if there is an argument, all you have to do is just listen to the other person. Now, some people here might say that, why should I listen to the other person? He has got to listen to me. And then I say, if that's the case, then you're going to have a terrible time. Because I believe in go first. And I've said this a lot. And I'll say it again. If you want to be listened to, you've got to go first. You've got to listen to him first. If you want to feel loved, you have to go first. You have to listen to him first. Or love, love him first. If you want... If you want to talk to that cute guy at the counter, you have to go first. You have to show him that you're interested or do something. A lot of us are very passive. A lot of us have been trained or conditioned to think that, that, it's, that we deserve something before we even do it. But how do they even know unless we go first? It's this almost this insane thing. But going first is really good because you set the pace. If you want to solve an argument, then you have to go first in a really loving way and you have to listen to him because if you want to be heard, you've got to listen first. And when you deflate his anger balloon, his balloon of anxiety and frustration, all these things, when you deflate it just by listening, because most problems stop when we listen, then he will have the energy to listen to you. But, you know, there is the old idea, well, I think, what is, what's, the, um, what's the quote? Like, how can you look... Look at the speck in someone else's eye when you've got the log in your own eye. I say, how the hell do you expect him to listen to you if you, if you refuse to go first? If you have the audacity to say, you've got to listen to me first. Generally speaking, if you want a rule when it comes to this kind of stuff, um, the person who needs it the most when it comes to an argument, that's the person who should be listened to the most. Because sometimes an argument is just triggering two people. Now, I want to let you know a little bit more about myself and why I'm so passionate about television or the anti-television, um, just things like that, is because, honestly, when I was in high school, I used to think that my value as a person was based on how many friends I had. And so, I used to, this is probably partly why I'm the coach I am today, because I used to obsess about, about the parties people had, and why I was never invited to them, because I never felt like I was one of the cool kids. And I used to, I used to, um, 
like judge myself based on the parties I'd had. And I remember on my 18th birthday, I decided, because I'd fantasized about it a lot. You know, I was very, very superior. You know, I was like, ooh, if, if I don't like the world, I can just take myself out of it. When my 18th birthday came, I was going to be like, well, if this is a terrible party, because of what I'd seen on Neighbours, I'd seen, oh, you know, if we have a party, everyone's got to love you. This is going to have amazing people. Everyone's going to be so beautiful. It's going to be drinks, drama's going to happen. People are going to hook up. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. And uh, I was going to judge if my life was worth living based on my 18th birthday party. And thank God I had an amazing brother and sister that threw me an amazing birthday party. But I was still depressed. And I still fantasized with the idea because fantasizing with that idea gave me so much pleasure. And honestly, honest to God, me and my mum had an argument and I told her what I had planned. I told her my grand scheme that I had to take myself from this world. And I am so thankful that she responded the way she did. She said, go do it. If that's what you want, go fucking do it. It became too real for me. It became... It stopped becoming a fantasy that gave me some superiority or some out. And it became too real. I realized how much I'd hurt everyone in my life. How much I didn't actually want it. That I just liked the idea of it. And how much I was just afraid and I just needed someone to listen to me. There is a logic to emotion. I've never worked with anyone who is suicidal before who just wasn't looking for happiness and just thought that that was the key. I have never worked with anyone who was just so depressed because someone left them that just... We grieve because we think that, that that person or whatever object or device or something that we have that we lost because we thought that would give us happiness and we're grieving that loss because we think that that, that person or whatever, whatever we're grieving will give us happiness. Everyone is just trying to be happy. If you can realize this, you'll stop looking at people differently. You stop looking at people, yeah, differently. And you start looking at everyone the same. Which is how you want to treat people. No matter what skin color, no what sex, no what orientation, ethnicity, age, job, income, clothes, no clothes, photos, no photos, job, career, any of those things. You don't want to judge any one of those things. You want to find out who they are and realize that they're, the nature of who they are is just this glorious thing that is not a reflection in, in these out, outer circumstances or conditions. If you want to experience the kind of love that is giving then you need to do this. And I'm, I'm speaking specifically to a little bit to guys right now. I know a lot of guys judge a girl based on her appearance. You know, they, in some worlds, are like, ooh, she's a 10, ooh, she's a 9, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they have this arbitrary system to, 
to judge, like they like they are a judge to judge her her entire being. And I know some girls listening to this might you might be a bit angry about that, but you know this is to you guys as well. Unless you can judge every woman equally, no matter how well they are, and I know some women judge men on this, that they say, oh, he's so attractive, I like him. You know, they see celebrities. You see these celebrities and you think he's more human, more special than that homeless person on the fucking street. And then what happens is, if you can treat everybody equally, that person who you choose to spend your life with, that person gets exclusive access to you. You don't treat them any differently. They just get more time. Why? Because time is the greatest gift we have. You don't baby them. You don't put them up on a pedestal. You might, you might treat them, you know, very nicely on their birthday, but you would do it with the same finesse you treat other people. Because you're a decent human being and you don't judge. This has been a bloody intense podcast. Really intense. So, uh, as always, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for being a part of this. I'm really enjoying doing podcasts. I feel like this is a really good example of what it's like to be coached. Because... Um, you can feel how much I threw my entire body, you know. I've heard about um, I've heard about various voice actors for cartoons and animated movies and things like that, and always the best of them like throw their entire body into things, like their their arms, their expressions, their 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 face imitates the character that they're doing, and you'd be surprised about how much I'm doing that right now, and I fucking love it. <laughs> so I really hope you would uh, subscribe. And also, if you know anyone else who really needs to hear this, like, share it. We've got to get the word out. And it starts with you. Go first. Yeah, go first. You, you, you do the work for me. <laughs> Trust me, I'm doing a lot of promotional stuff myself. Uh, so thanks so much for listening. I really hope that you tune in next week. I'm going to be start releasing these every Saturday, as always. So how it works is, uh, so far it's only available on iTunes and available to listen to on my website. But... What happens is, is that it takes 24 hours from it going on my website for iTunes to recognize that it's there. So I'm going to be releasing these every single Saturday, and then it'll go live on iTunes on Sunday. So I'll try and announce it whenever I think is appropriate, but um, keep checking. Check every Saturday. I'm also going to start writing more articles now, um, because a lot of people seem to enjoy my writing as well. So I'm just doing it you know, for those people that enjoy it. As well as on Facebook, I do the live Q&As every Wednesday. My Wednesday, probably, or Thursday, depending where you are in the world. And as well as daily um, live videos and just a shit ton of posts. Because I'm working against conditioning. You know, if people watch a lot of TV and we get conditioned to think that there's a happily ever after, when they never watch Cinderella and Prince Charming, you know... Decide who wants to split the dinner or where do we go for burritos. And they're arguing because they're not arguing about the burritos. They're arguing because they didn't get listened to. We don't, we don't see that, right? Um, we, don't, we don't see what happens after the happily ever after. So that's why I do these things. Obviously, coaching, you know, we can compress the, 
the lessons and the life experience from like maybe years to from months to moments, as I like to say. But honestly, in the meantime, you've got these podcasts, you've got these posts, you've got these articles, you've got everything to fight the conditioning that has so much, so deluded us about how a relationship should be. So thanks so much for listening and make sure to do uh, set some reminders in your phone uh, to tell you when the next podcast is. And if you don't, then I'll be sad and think of a really sad puppy because that's what I'll look like. Thanks so much for listening and I hope to hear, hope you listen to the next one. Harvey out.